double it. <laughs> well, welcome to episode 83 of Not Politically Correct. What is going down? It's the homie TS, a.k.a. C. Nova. You know, I gotcha, a.k.a. Hank Hook, a.k.a. Mexican Raiden, a.k.a. E.T.E., a.k.a. The Wonton Don. And you can find me on Twitter at CNOVA. KPZ. McCoy, what's going down this week, bro? Hey, it's your boy, McCoy, a.k.a. Mr. What It Do, a.k.a. Young Splash Guard, a.k.a. Doped Up Danny, a.k.a. Smooth Job Johnny, a.k.a. No Cap Charlie, a.k.a. Motherfucking uh, FBI Mike, a.k.a. Hip Hop Harry, <laughs> a.k.a. Hallway Jones, because your bitch and a ringtone and I'm there. You feel me? You can find me... <laughs> you can find me, uh, McCoy KPZ on Twitter every day, all day. You fucking feel me? Um, and you can find me on Snapchat here and there, you know, at Real McCoy Rebel. You dig? Cody? Hi, I'm Cody. See the record and everything. Russ Birdman, a.k.a. Teddy Russ, a.k.a. Smooth Fingers, a.k.a. The Progenitor, a.k.a. Stewart's Q, a.k.a. Russ the Best. Teddy, I see one. A little early. The rap's on the you can find me on the Chatties of Snaps as that is Snap Chatties. Mm-hmm. And on IG at Candy Cupidity, C A N D R D underscore C U P I D I T Y. I D I T Y. I D I T Y. That's really good. Cody's drunk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to find my platform shoes so Tis can stop calling me a midget. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're going to oh. need to. You yeah. can't read the script. My bad. Yeah. The artist, the artist formerly known right. as Cody. Right, look at that. Um, just so y'all know, the tallest formerly known as Cody. <laughs> the tallest. <laughs> Damn, that's hey, giving, that implies that I was tall. I was gonna say that's giving him way too much credit. Way too much credit. Hey. Um, just so y'all know, y'all can find us on Facebook about, Willis? At, at the Not Politically Correct <laughs> Podcast Group. Uh, you can like the page at NPC Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Not PC Podcast. I promise y'all. Listen. I promise y'all I'm trying to get more active on Twitter. I, you know, then recruited some more people and trying to get some more followers, man. If y'all fuck with us, go ahead. Hit the, hit the Twitter page, man. Hit the Twitter page and, you know, because I heard if you make it on Twitter, you can make it anywhere. Um, and you can also... <laughs> I think you're mixing up Twitter with, like, college. Um, <laughs> um, and you can find us on SoundCloud, uh, the iTunes podcast app, the Spotify, the Spreaker, the Google Play everywhere except goddamn title but we ain't gonna talk about that you know what i'm saying that's just the man trying to hold us down keep his foot on the goddamn neck but anyway you can find us on all that shit just search not politically correct podcast will come up you can like us you can listen you can you know leave comments and tell us how good or how bad we are we won't listen to any of that shit because we don't give a fuck but it's nice to have so there you go and on that note sports you know, that's exactly how McCoy that's types things out. Like, hey, Nick. Hey. <laughs> hey. Sorry to cut you off, uh, TS, but it was needed. Um, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> no, I didn't. I already gave him the cue, and then you started talking. He was like, ah, oh, rats. Ah, <laughs> oh, rats. <laughs> but what were you saying, TS? Oh, your intro to sports. Mm-hmm. I was saying that's how you talk in text. Ah. <laughs> ah, so that's uh, fuck you. Thank you very much. <clears throat> no problem. More like fuck. <laughs> 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 hey, fuck all y'all niggas. This is a doctor. Like, so what are you here for today? Well, my back kind of. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> no, I'm just, extra pain. <laughs> I'm just kidding. McCoy wouldn't be in a doctor's office. All right. So <laughs> the whole right, so yeah, speaking of, when, yeah. Taco, speaking of Taco Tuesday, since we're definitely on track, <laughs> um, Shannon Sharp said, this is what LeBron James is in a nutshell. A guy that can score like Kobe and Mike can make the plays like magic and has the efficiency of Kareem and Wilt. We'll never see this again. And I don't find too many errors in that statement. He's yeah. really got it all. Best player of all time. Mm-hmm. Also, fun. Of all time. <laughs> we get it. You like, we get it. You like Jay-Z. <laughs> hey. Here's a fun Here's a fun sports fact. Um, I think I talked about Andre Ingram last year, maybe the year before, but uh, he played 10 years in the G League. Which, if you guys know, like G League makes about as much money as t- as much money's what did it, whatever, as as much t- <laughs> <laughs> t- t- of uh, the NBA. Yeah, apparently I ain't a good teacher's. Um, but yeah, so he they make as much money as teachers. So they usually have like other jobs too. But um, he played ten years in the G League before he was called up in 2018 by the Lakers. Oh, I remember that. Ingram was a substitute teacher in the offseason to make more money. He scored 19 points in his NBA debut, and now in 2020, he's the G-League president. So, the G-League president? pretty cool. Yeah. Wow. I mean, talk about a Damn. fucking upgrade. That, that's, right. good to, that's good to hear because you want to hear more of, you know, players and stuff um, moving up to those types of positions where they take, you know, more power right. and have more more power because who knows you know with his experience of playing 10 years in the g league who knows what he could do you know for players in the g league coming up or making the transition from there to you know the nba i mean it could be a good experience because he's you know been there done that type of shit you know what i mean so that's good that's dope yeah now he what he makes as much as a principal now <laughs> my <laughs> superintendent on what though <laughs> um the Another fun fact, um, since now the World Series is going on, Dodgers and the Rays. Um, Wait, the Dodgers made it to the World Series? Oh, shit. They're in the World Series. They won their second game recently. They're up 2 nothing. Um, Clayton Kershaw and Mookie Betts of the Dodgers, together, their prorated 2020 season salary is $26,308,642. All the Tampa Bay Rays is... $28,773,481. I think that's crazy. Wait, wait, wait. And they're and, and, and Tampa Bay is playing them in the in the World Series? Yeah. Well, I don't know if they're showing up, but they're supposed to be competing. <laughs> but no, Zing. that's bullshit. No, that, then that's bogus as fuck. Tampa Bay no, on some bullshit. No, no. Tampa Bay on some bullshit. How, you, how, how I'm in the finals, that's basically what this is. How I'm in the finals and my team... <laughs> You know what I'm saying? My whole team is worth like 28 million. We're getting paid like 28 million, and two niggas on the opposing team getting paid 27. It's not what you pay, it's how you pay it. Isn't that what JC said? So, what? The, M- Mike Wachowski. Um, that sounds like some bullshit. That's what that sounds like. <laughs> and not how you pay it, how you give me a check. That's what I'm talking about. That, no. And if they win, I think they got a check. Not a, not a big enough. how much it was. It, it sounded like they got a check from GameStop. What the fuck? Not big enough. Why don't you just say that the two Dodgers players are... It's too big and it needs to be smaller. Like, <laughs> everyone needs to make more money. First of all, that's what she said. Second of all, um, I don't... Yeah. I don't... I don't think we can pigeonhole what they make. I think that everybody should be getting paid fairly. How the fuck I'm in the finals and I'm... We getting... 
I'm getting breadcrumbs. What the fuck type shit is that? Who said breadcrumbs? You you bread? just gave the numbers. How you you said breadcrumbs? I did not say breadcrumbs. <laughs> Play it back. Uh, t- but before you do, Russell, are those breadcrumbs? What does that sound like to y'all? Um, to I'm like grossly overpaid people either way. So uh, uh, here we go, Russell. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, I mean, you know, you get paid to do a job, and, and you know what I'm saying? I used to be paid for that job, whatever the standard is for that job. I get it. If you're an exceptional, you see a little more. I'm, I, I understand it. Uh, but based off of, I mean, it's, it's, it's insane the amount of money we pay a lot of these athletes um, just for them to be idiots or assholes. And it's like... <laughs> I don't know. I'm just not a, a fan of the whole sports thing being paid so much money. Because they're idiots. Sports teams. Um. <laughs> <laughs> That's for asshole. <laughs> I don't know, man. I just, I, I just, I feel a ways only, only because if two players on the opposing team are getting paid this amount, this amount of money, and the, this whole team pushed through. Whatever I don't know how it's divided in uh, baseball. You know you got East West in, in basketball. You got AF, uh, AFL or and then NF, uh, NFC or whatever AFC AFC and NFC. Yeah, whatever the fuck you got those in football. I don't know how it's divided in fucking baseball. But if you fought through fifteen teams well, to end up on top, to end up on your sides, you know, representing your side in the finals, and you your entire team. Is making what two players are making. That, that feels like your talent is being taken for granted just a little bit. That's to me. But who am I? I am a. I am a. No, pot. I mean, I get what you're saying. If you want to make it even across the board, then right. yeah, sure. But I still think they get paid grossly over, like I said. <laughs> now, overall, everybody getting too much money. But as it stands right but now. Again, but, you can find it depart. But, <laughs> but I feel it though. All right. Yeah, so. Speaking of money, I guess the money, the state segment. Um, no, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> but McCoy's dude, Jack Harlow, Wait. has a son called Tyler Hero. He does. Uh, I didn't. I didn't even listen to it yet. I have. I saw the video clip. I saw a clip of the video, and I, that shit sound like it's been a bang though. That's. I fuck with. I fuck with dog. That shit sound hard. Like. I ain't even listening to none of the, like the extras. I just saw a clip of the like a like a fifteen second clip. He was said he said some shit like um, he said, I could I I used to dream of being this. I couldn't dream of being this scene. I'm about to bring four white or five white boys to me with the party, but they ain't in sync or some shit. I'm like that shit sound like it's gonna be cold, bro. So yeah, I haven't listened to it though yet. <clears throat> what does it got to do with sports though? Mm-hmm. Um, t- Tyler Hero is plays for the Heat, and that's by Jack Carlo. Because it's music, so I need no, you to do no, music. No, see, you, this is, you finna get goddamn fired, because we just talked about I'm this. I'm not getting fired. I'm, it's called a transition. No. And it's really classy. <laughs> no, listen. So you're dying? But, I'm a top shelf gal. <laughs> you're dying. Damn it, Emily. <laughs> listen, wait. Don't you die on me? <laughs> wait a minute. Um, before, we leave, before we leave the sports segment, before we leave the sports segment, Um, so as we all know, uh, the Lakers won the uh, 2020 uh, NBA Finals. And Dwight Howard posted on his Instagram a little clip of, basically, he's holding a trophy. He said, never give up on your dreams. You know, people going to doubt you, whatever. Just never give up. You know, getting real emotional about it, you know. 
We have Shaq, Shaquille O'Neal, one of the greatest to ever do it. He said, basically, and I'm paraphrasing, but he basically said, shut, shut your ass, <laughs> shut your ass up. He literally did say, shut your ass up. He's like, you fr front runner, you didn't, do, you didn't do anything. He basically said that Dwight Howard is bullshit. He, and this is not the first time Shaquille O'Neal has hated on Dwight Howard. Is he Howard. run? You said what? It, but 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 wait but wait, everybody plays a role. I'm big, you know my favorite my favorite TV show growing up, Power Rangers. Everybody has a role on the team. Everybody can't be Tommy. Everybody can't be the White Ranger. But Kimberly and Trini wait, I he and was Billy. From Power. I'm so lost. Oh god damn it! <laughs> everybody. Tommy Pickles. Yeah. <laughs> everybody can't be the White Ranger. Okay. And everybody and stay and, quiet, Cody. Don't say Yeah, anything. exactly. Shut up. Shut the fuck up. Everybody can't be the Green Ranger. Everybody can't be the Green Ranger. Everybody can't be the Green okay. Ranger. Everybody okay. can't have the, okay. everybody can't have the Dragon's Sword and whatever. But you know, everybody has a role. And I felt that that was wrong or Shaquille O'Neal to come at Dog like that because if it wasn't they had to take what's his name? JaVel, the one that looks like T S. They had to take Dog out of the game. <laughs> JaVel McGee. Yeah, JaVel McGee. They had to take T S out the game. They had to take T S out the game. So that that's way, they moved to Houston. Right, exactly. <laughs> they traded them. <laughs> they, hey, they had to, had to trade out. Of here, big boy. They had a... <laughs> Yo, I'm reading the subtitles of this because apparently you can turn on subtitles in Skype, and this is hilarious. Wait, oh, really? Wait, no bullshit. No bullshit. No bullshit, dude. Oh, that's a lot of accurate. That's called in the motherfucker. Most of it is not. <laughs> Wait, okay, well, let's try this. Jack Hartley and we, shit, nah. Um, we traded him to Houston, big boy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but come no. on, come on, subtitles. No, Spanish. I don't think it shows the, your subtitles. Because I can't see any of my subtitles. But, but what, what I was going to say, though, is this. Um, Dwight Howard was important. They had to take uh, Javel McGee out during the um, Western Conference Finals with the Nuggets and put in Dwight Howard. He had... His role was what's uh dude's name uh John the one they called the, the Joker and shit. They said his role was basically shutting dude down so that way they can make it to the finals. Everybody has a role on the team, and his role was critical to getting them to the point. And he did play in the finals. He did do stuff in the finals. But I'm saying you can't discredit what he gave to the team and what his job was and how he stepped up and said, okay, I got to come in in this series and make sure. I hold this motherfucker off so we can get to where we got to go. He did what he had to do. They got the title. They couldn't have gotten the title without him. And you've been a piece of shit for the entire season, and then you step it up in the finals. It doesn't mean you're less of a piece of shit. It just means you step up for the finals. Well, I get what Shaq was saying. He's a waste of a big man. Like he, he's soft as ever. Dwight Howard's been soft for a long time, and his yeah. game has been terrible for a this long was time. This I like, feel... a, like I said, I said this in the previous episode. Like, like 2010, Dwight Howard was like fun to watch, and, but like after that, he was not good. And looking at back at 2010, I don't know if he was good or if he was just like, wow, that's like, like I said, fun to watch or something like that. But this year's Dwight Howard was actually like he put in work and he like the effort and workout, and we could tell. But it's also like. Horse of peace. Yo, hey. So listen, one of my, one of one of the guys I follow on Twitter, 
Um, <clears throat> actually, he posted the clip of what Shaq was saying, which was some bullshit, dude. I just, I felt, I felt it was real haterous of Shaq and all that he's done and accomplished. I respect Shaq. We all respect Shaq. Come on, it's Shaq. It's Shaquille O'Neal. But Shaq, Shaq Diesel, right? And but this guy tweeted this, and it really kind of resonated with me. It, I just, it set, it, it set well, it set with me when he said Shaq's been throwing jabs at Dwight for a good thirteen years. Mm-hmm. Superman nickname playing in Orlando with his old coach Van Gundy. Then played in L.A. with Kobe. Shaq was done after the Heat won the 06 championship. He chased rings and was washed in Phoenix, Cleveland, Boston. Hating is flagrant Aristotle. You think that, well, I mean, think about the, washed, but he wasn't, Kobe's he, right about like he wasn't showing up to gyms or practicing or trying and that they would have got more rings if he did that. But think about it. He was washed. Think about, think about, but think about what he said, though. He went to Phoenix. He went to Cleveland. He went to Boston, and each all of those teams at the at a point that he was there were, you know, teams that were trying almost, you know, if not important, semi important or whatever. He was he was there in moments where he was trying to, maybe like ride. I wouldn't say even ride the way, but he after that after the he did the shit with the Heat, which was more to me was more so him proving like, yo, um, I didn't need Kobe. Uh, after that shit with the Heat. Everything after that was a blur of him just kind of just being on teams who were who had some type of like spark. Like you, you think he was just trying to keep playing to stay relevant? Right, exactly, exactly. Because that's that's what he could do. That's what he's good at. And you know, if you get with the right team at the right time, boom. I do think you know Dwight Howard coming to the Lakers was a good move for the Lakers. I don't think that he was extremely shit. If anything, them getting J.R. Smith to me is like, oh, this nigga just lucked up. I, yeah, I didn't understand that. This nigga yeah. just lucked up. So we're gonna talk about we're gonna talk yeah. about doing some shit like that. Let's talk about J.R. Smith. Let's not do that to Dwight Howard, who one thing I can say about Dwight Howard, he's never been hundred percent, but he'll he'll he's done shit to try to be better. Like going to training camps and shit in the offseason, you know, doing shit to try to be a, to try to be a better big man. Whether or not it would materialize until, you know, right now, 2020, whatever. I don't think Shaq can say that a nigga did not contribute, even if he contributed in part of the series or one or two of the, the four series that it took to, to win the title. You have a role. And he when it came, when they when they need when they needed him to come out off the bench and step up, they said, yo, you gotta go in because Drill can't fuck with dog, but you can. Alright, boom, I got the weight, I got the, now I'm finna show niggas how I roll. And he shut him down, and they got to the finals. That is teamwork. And I don't like the fact that Shaq came at Dog and called him like a front runner, and then like a motherfucker, like he just like chasing him. With, well, like, bro, come on, folks. Like, you just that was a bit much. That was disrespectful to me. And as an OG, even more disrespectful. Like, let niggas have their moment. Niggas wanted to be in the NBA since they was kids. They got and they worked and did what they had to do. And stepped up when they needed to, when they were told to step up, and did the job, and so that that to me was some flagrant hate, and I ain't like that shit at all. But that's my little two cents about sports today. Well, if it makes you feel better, a few years ago there was a uh, Shaq interviewed Kobe, and Shaq asked the question like, "Which ring that you won to you was like the most important?" Mm-hmm. That you cherish, and he said the last one because that means that I knew that I had more rings than you. <laughs> uh, ha, ha, ha. I feel it. I feel it, dog. I feel it. 
and and he played for the Heat, and, and so did Tyler Hero, and and Jack Harlow. Harlow Har- Har- Lantern has a son called. Hi, I'm Cody. Okay. So, so Jack Harlow has a song called Tyler Hero. Hero played for the Heat. That's a sports thing. We're going to music now with Jack Harlow. Ah, you thought? Actually, we're going to be talking about Benny the Butcher today. <clears throat> so today, um, you mentioned Benny the Butcher. <laughs> We we can just do that, right? He he got butched. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Okay, all right. So butchered this album. <laughs> oh boy, <I> like. <laughs> my team turning up today, and I'm with them. For once, we same 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 looking ass. Um, <laughs> oh really? Yeah, for I once. Say, if we you not go- give this something like a nine or a ten, I'm gonna. Like, I shoot really my, I shoot my I shoot myself, but I don't want to give too much away. Sure. Right now. Instead right. so you're taking my earrings off, I'm gonna take my mask off to slap you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> As you should. No. Um, okay, all right, just so Griselda, the Buffalo, New York bread label has been taking the world by storm with this coke laced street tales that harken back to the sounds of like ninety rappers like the locks and more. Benny the Butcher, one of the most revered members, just recently dropped Burden of Proof and is produced by a fan favorite as of late, Hit Boy. Whole shit. But how does the west side of the New York State still rep for the East Coast on this one? Um, all right. So, team, friends, gentlemen, Cody, how did you? What what, what you think about the album? Let's go. Let's go. Let's go with you. It was a a good Mark Rick Ross uh, album. Ooh, he said Mark <laughs> Rick Ross. Ooh, you hate to see you. Coincidentally, it. featuring Rick Ross too. Because. Which which actually had one of my favorite Rick Ross verses. I don't even like dog. And it's funny because like <laughs> during that song you hear the bim, bim, and it stopped. I'm like, oh, right, exactly. Thank God. And it stopped. I'm like, oh, good. They're not gonna do that. And at the very end of his verse, Maybach music. I'm like, you had to throw that in there. You bitch. You bitch. You. Yeah, I was not a fan. I I'm not saying it was like a bad album. Maybe some people enjoy it, but it definitely wasn't my style. It was definitely like it sounded like Rick Ross music from top to bottom. You could yeah. one thing I didn't notice obviously was it I don't know if you would call it like homage or what to uh Jay Z with that little clip in the was the end of the first song with the okay I'm reloading <laughs> that but yeah that's not I mean that is that's more uh what is that Scarface that's less yeah. that's less yeah, Jay Z Jay Z had that in like yeah. the, his first like three albums was it four. Yeah, that's because gangsters look up to Italian mobsters, like morons, right. whatever. Like, right, exactly. Like fucking idiots, but I feel it. <laughs> um, but real quick, before we go into anything else, I just want everybody, if you're listening to this, watch the uh, documentary Tough Guys, G-U-I-S-E. Watch that. Look that up. Watch that. Because it it's really interesting how uh, 90s rappers- Is it on Netflix? I don't. It's on YouTube. It's on YouTube. But I just find it really, okay. I find it really funny how a '90s rapper always built like their mafioso bullshit off of like, like this mafioso rap category from like Raekwon and and Ghostface and Nas and all them niggas and and early Jay Jay Z whole first album you see him on the cover he on some mafia shit like the whole shit was like real it, even Tupac said it, he's like um y'all he said y'all niggas watch too many movies and shit like that like that whole New York scene the first half of the '90s like the first six years of the '90s was like y'all niggas trying to be like mob bosses and shit and it was like it's funny so tough that means nothing so anywho uh yeah so that's how you feel about the album Cody yeah mm. it was a little drinking awesome 
drinking wine. If y'all was wondering what the smacking is, I'm sorry, everybody. Uh, I was not wondering. <laughs> we don't shit about you, bitch. Drinking wine. What? <laughs> what did that wine ever do to you? <laughs> so Russell, how do you um, how do you do about this shit? Uh, well, um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Because you didn't like it or because you didn't listen? Um, I, it was, yeah, it was, uh, I don't like Rick Ross. Um, so, yeah. When it first, well, like, when it was coming on, and I'm like, bro, I'm not going to like this. So it played in the background yeah. somehow, but, you know, whatever. Teflon, don't. It's a negative, negative, Please. negative. Oh, damn. Ooh. I'm not going to tag Benny in this one. Uh, T.S. T.S. Are you going to take Rick Ross? Right. <laughs> I'm gonna tag Wayne because he got the best record. We gonna talk about that. Hey, so TS, what's up with it? How you feel, bro? Um, Wayne did have the best verse on the album. Mm-hmm. Wayne, Wayne and Big Sean came through and killed that shit. Like it was mm-hmm. refreshing to hear people that know how to make music on the uh, Ooh, album. Shit. Ooh. Yo, shit. this is thank mm. you. This really. I think um, mm. as far as this album, the album wasn't for me. It was. He has this um, gritty uh, persona, and I mean, I guess you can talk about grit and grime and shit like that, but it was just, it it just wasn't for me. The no, skits thought, were dope. The skits were was dope. also very like cliche. Two thousand, I don't know, like maybe seven through nine or so. Uh, Want to be gangster rap, you know? <laughs> yeah, we, you know what we packing? We selling this shit. Yeah, what's up with it? Like, no, no just, <laughs> all right, man, just rap. But I don't want to hear anything else. Like, <laughs> right. actually, don't want to hear you rap. But go on. <laughs> okay, so megaphones. If y'all had to give me megaphones, Cody. Uh, I, I don't have any jeans to spare, man. Zero mega. Okay, uh, <laughs> Russell. Maybe three. Oh. <laughs> um, I give it a. Negative four. Negative four. <laughs> Damn. Negative four. He took it. He dug it a grave. He he went to hell with it. I I, how many Bibles? I repent oh. my sins. I repent on what? <laughs> uh, the power of Christ compel you. I need the holy water. <laughs> T.S. Shit. I would have late at least gave him like a four or five. I did negative. <laughs> <laughs> I did, but Touché. the other way. Other way. <laughs> the other well, way. this is this is one where X axis, not Y. <laughs> okay okay so let's start let's start let's start with pr- with production um <clears throat> best production where would i go um this soul sample is very classic and the singing harmonies are used as like a, a melodic foundation for the most for most of the song oh, yeah i forgot about that he had um in almost every track it was it had a lot of samples in it yeah well not no. Every track have a lot of samples in it. The whole oh, album, album had, had yeah, it was it was it was sample heavy, which is which is fine for me. That's you know that's that's classic hip hop. I'm not exactly. It should be classic hip hop, but the way that they use the samples was just kind of annoying, and it seemed forced. Really, like they were trying to emphasize that the this soulful. is an old school hip hop thing, and it, this should be soulful. So here you go. It wasn't. It didn't feel as natural as. A Kanye sample. Oh, I know Kanye is one of the best people to sample anything, but it didn't feel as natural as that. 
or as natural as any other samples that we've heard on albums as of lately. Dude. This seemed like a really forced somebody just learned how to use Fruity Loops and they were just pulling out <laughs> Damn, he came at hit boy. Hey. Yo, this needs to be a beat. We're just going to put a, we're going to repeat this, put a snare and some basic ass bass drums behind it. Now and, it's different. <laughs> and wow. Now you just talk about how you're from the hood. Wow. Okay. Uh, hey, you know, you know, I, uh, I feel you. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, um, uh, Damn, that was whew. Um, hold on. R U T L E, that's ruthless. I thought it was funny in my head. I guess it's crickets. All right. Am I on mute? No, okay. <laughs> my phone auto locking. You got a chuckle. Oh, that's why my shit. A, a, a sympathy chuckle. <laughs> okay, it's auto. No, that's, that's clever chuckle. Oh, but all right, so listen, so listen. Where would I go? This soul sample is very classic, and singing, har- album. <laughs> singing harmon- mm-hmm. harmonies are used as a melodic like foundation for most of the song. I also love though the twinkling like eighty synth, and the drums are perfectly tuned. Both the both of those seem to be like a hip hit boy signature, and he's doing it well here. He's doing his hit boy thing. He's been doing this um all summer, all these albums, all, the, like the last twenty twenty has really been his year. And he did the whole out um the whole Nas album. He did this. You know, he's been on Why is everybody Big Sean. Him? I mean, he's big. Big boy made niggas in Paris. Like, he, he really? made Lamborghini, Mercy. Yo, bitch, you so thirsty. Like, come on. he He's hit boy. Like, that's why. I really thought that um, Kanye wait, made it. Just the son or the whole album? He, made, he made a lot of the production on Watch. I mean, he didn't, he didn't make the whole okay. album. The RZA has a beat on there and Swiss Beats has a horrible fucking beat on that album, but that's not what this is I about. I studied that more and I actually listened to it yesterday, coincidentally, but I always assumed that it was all like JD, uh, Kanye producing it. Fuck no. Kanye beat. No. And not, and I love Kanye, but no, that was not. Sure. I love Kanye, but that was not his, that was not his baby in the sense of production. So no. Um, one way flight, classic boom bap drums over another well-selected soul sample in the vein, in the vein of Kanye, in the vein of Kanye, not as good, but in the vein, there is not a lot of layers here, but that sample switch and perfectly placed drums are enough to make you really nod your head on it. Like that one was had that one had me like nodding my head whole time. So it was good. It was one of the songs that grabbed my attention. Um, famous. This seemed like a crazy rock laid track. Like there's a warped and scratchy slash like scrappy uh guitar carrying the beat and in deep keys in the back. Now all of this is powered by some heavy rock sounding drums. Again, Hit Boy one Hit Boy. Once again, chooses the right amount of layers and fits them together perfectly like a puzzle. Hit Boy is good at, at what he does with the production. So, trade it all. The percussion leads the, the bop on this track. Um, uh, this track intertwines with some some of the best use of organs that I've heard in recent years. I really like the organs on uh, Trade It All. Um, then there comes another perfectly pitched soul sample. So again with the samples, but not miss. For me, I understand what TS is saying, but for me it wasn't. They weren't misused. They were perfectly sele- selected. Um, so for this, the soul sample comes in, and then for two we bars, we wanted to sound trashy. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Uh, there comes a like there comes a perfectly selected soul sample that for two bars are regularly pitched, and then for the second two, for the next two bars, so it's a four bar use of the sample. First two bars perfectly pitched. The next two bars they go down 
or they go, I'm sorry, they go up in pitch. They go up in pitch. So you're in the same exact vocals, laid regularly, and then pitched up. That is some good hip-hop, good damn hip-hop sampling in my book. That, that, just, that just speaks to technique. And he's like, you know, this sample is perfect, but I should flip it twice, same record, boom, and now you got, you know, what you have. And I, and I just thought that that was dope. Um, so Hip Boy really, really came with that. Best song. Okay. Timeless. <clears throat> Timeless. In terms of, like, writing, I love the bop and the bounce and Benny Slow here. Uh, he says, what a good feeling when, when they know you one in a million. The feds bury half of my niggas under the building. Don't judge my life now, nigga, because I've been mass stressed on tour with the lock and had a project address. Before this rap shit, all my direct assets come from high-risk hazards. You know, Pyrex glasses. Listen, man, I'm going to tell you this right now. Benny ain't the best. He's not profound as an MC. That's for sure. He's not profound. <laughs> He's not profound. But on some street <laughs> on some street coke rap shit, Benny's good. And I think, and we, I'm going to talk about this at the end. And I'm, I'm listen. I'm gonna talk about this at the end, but I think that that's why a lot of us don't connect. We're not street, we're not street niggas. Like, you know what I mean? Hey, speak for yourself. One, one of us not even a nigga. So we're not, it's like, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Like, um, so that this might be one of those things, but we're gonna we're gonna get off, we're gonna get off into that though. Um I just really like I really like I really like how he said that shit. I said when he said I'm on tour with the locks and had a project ad- address before this rap shit on my direct assets come from high-risk hazards, you know, Pyrex like the the pauses. I, I always remember this line off the whole album because the way he said it was come from high, come from pause high risk hazards you know Pyrex glasses like the way that's rap that that's good rap right there that bounce um this is the best song lyrically but the reason is what Benny brings out of Lil Wayne this nigga Wayne said steady diet of heavy drugs roll up Kush yeah like Pirelli Tigers on Chevy trucks but still a good year. <laughs> they got they got every eye on each of us. Well, nigga, look here. I come and catch your ass on career day and end your career. I got pistols I just cleaned. I've been trying to get dirty with you. I got niggas on my team that ain't trying to switch jerseys with you. I pop <laughs> and at 30 hit you. Them shots from 30 whistle. Watching movies with a bitch that wouldn't watch a commercial with you. I'm higher than everyone but almighty. Treat the white girl like a wife. He treat her like Aphrodite. Let a goddess satisfy me while I roll up the tidy. I chop the hands off the clock. That means I'm timeless. Don't time me. I'm forever. Holy fucking shit, Wayne! You know that I'm not putting them down when I'm gonna say what I'm gonna say because that was hot and clever. Like that was good. Um, but can we start calling Little Wayne Dad Joke Danny? <laughs> can we start calling Little Wayne Dad Joke Danny? I mean, he's got a lot of. It's like just nonstop like metaphors. We can call him Dad Joke. You know? We can call him Dad Joke Derek because uh, no, he's he's the punchline king. Is he? Is he the punchline king? Because that people—that's what they kind of call him. They call him the next week. Well, 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 hold on. PLK, PLK is actually the nickname of Lloyd Banks. Lloyd Banks is the punchline king. I, I would say, I would say Wayne. I don't know. I, I think with Wayne, you never expect. We know Wayne can rap. By the way, I just want to throw this in there as a side note. I was listening all night. I was playing Mass Effect Andromeda, listening to "I Am Not a Human Being." Two. I am not a human being. Two is my favorite Wayne. Album, second favorite Wayne album. Album, not mixtape. There's a lot of good rap on that motherfucker. Wayne was spitting that whole shit, and the beats are just different, and it's really kooky. But people don't give that enough credit. I am not a human being too. Check that out. We don't give Wayne enough credit for being an MC. We we give Wayne credit for being a rap, and I hate when people split the shit up. Really, because it's the same shit. Being a rapper is the verb of what you're doing when you're 
an MC. Like if you are an MC, you're rapping. People, people, <laughs> people, try, people try to split those up. Like, there's rappers and there's MCs. Nigga, no. You rapping. We all rapping. That's what, what's happening there's here. Baseball players and there's athletes. But, right, exactly. But the whole master, <laughs> master of Ceremonies thing is someone who kind of owns their, so that. And that's the difference. Like, I get what you're saying. Like, yeah, they both rap. They're both rapping. That's what they're doing. But a master of, of Ceremonies actually owns, I know. like, not just the track, but, you know, he owns the atmosphere. He owns the domain. So... I do give credit to Lil Wayne as being an MC. I think he's a dope MC. I don't think he's just a rapper. You got a lot of cats out in the industry now who are just rapping, who are just throwing words at a beat, and uh, niggas go crazy over it. But yeah, I feel what you're saying, yo. Yeah, and that, and I think this this one really, really, <laughs> I love this one for Wayne because it's just this verse makes me realize even a little more why we have to respect Wayne's pin game, man. Like he not he not <laughs> he not weak with this shit, bro. And when I say like punchline rapper, I don't mean like honey, corny type type of cat. Like they refer to Lloyd. When I say punchline, I mean like there's a hit after hit after hit after hit yeah. line. Like the the line hits because of his wordplay and he it's rhymes not- it. And then you gotta go back like, yo, what did this nigga just say? That's not what like I mean. He like has a filler verse thing, like every line he's not got. Like he's a joker. Right. You know, but I'm saying he's Jack Napier, you know what I mean? Like the gangster side of uh, of Joker. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. If yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Yep, for sure, for sure, for sure. Okay. Um, I think to the to the next to the next best song on the album, one of the next big songs, "Over the Limit." I like this song because it took because it took the chance to use Dom Kennedy on the hook, and it was very well very well placed. Um. I like the bounce on this track, and I think that it has that it has to go on the best song list because it's well put together as a record, which is key, which is key. Um, I also love some of the bars from Benny here. He said, um, "I do this religiously, and I don't trust too, I do this religiously, and I don't trust fools in the industry. Mad I came through on the winning streak." That's me blasting through your car auxiliary. They want a John Lennon me or John Kennedy. Since I've been on, I feel my adrenaline going. It take me back to the corner that I solicited on. <laughs> like, the nigga be, he, 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 he be trying to get his shit off. Then he goes to numb like anesthesia. Feds want me subpoenaed for niggas chasing gold that I targeted for myself. Some of the best verses, I'm just talking to myself. They won't let me live from shit I already did. Every time my ops need medics, the credits hit. <laughs> Yeah, I'm a mirror, not your reflection, the better years. But if you break me, that's like bad luck for 11 years. I, listen, again, he's not, he's not, he says some strong shit. It's just not super profound. It's super strong, but not super like technical. That's, I think, I think that's. It's my issue with Benny. It's soup. It's good rap. It's he's not. There are worse rappers. There's D4L. They exist. So there are worse rappers. Um, but I think Benny is just so good at delivering the street shit that you know it is what it is. Um, I think he should just tell the world that he has a ghostwriter, so people don't think that he's just that bad. Um, <laughs> trade it. Trade it all. This is the best example of street rap. Okay, trade it all. And why I personally think that people really are drawn to Benny, though, you know what I mean? Like, this this heartfelt street tale about what he had to do to get where he is is multiple well-crafted bars. 
He said, I'm a product of the block I lived in, the Pac Nazis and Bigs. For raw, I took my dough across the George Washington Bridge. I was poor for more shock. I had the laws watching us live off a of pure rock, nigga. I put Fort Knox in my crib. I was one of they overlooked. Now a nigga overbooked got them haters disappointed like the when soda when the soda overcooked. He goes on to spit two thousand dollar kicks. That's the shit I wear on your car. But you ever fuck two best friends that uh share an apartment? If you pop out with that Mac, is you airing or talking? Cause whoever don't shoot first is gonna be carrying coffins. They put a mirror on my face on the block I sold work on. Never took, never took the first off. They got me shopping at Bergdorf. <laughs> Come home from school. City showed me his tool. His brother kept under the bed, right in the room. A few years later, I married the game. I jumped the broom. I walked away with wounds. It wasn't what I assumed. He really showed his storytelling skills on here for me, like just kind of saying where he came from and all of that shit. Like, you know what's funny? I would rather hear you. Rap his bars. Oh my god. <laughs> rap his bars. Like listening to you rap was like, damn, this shit kind of cold. And I listened Stop to his outright. Stop I listened to his album twice. And I'm trying to be like, all no, right. He's not wrong. I'm trying to get into this shit. I'm trying to get into the it and I just couldn't. I couldn't. When I say it was a relief to hear somebody like Wayne and Big Sean, it was like, oh my God. I feel like thank, you and I were both trying to get into you. it and couldn't, and Russell's probably got it on the background just going. Uh, right, like the whole minutes. <laughs> he damn near no, exhaled his whole lung capacity. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I had it on. There was no volume, but I had it on. <laughs> Listening um, to you rap his bars is like, he should have just ghost wrote this shit and gave it to you, and then he'd have a hit. Then I, then I be a line, then I be a line ass nigga and shit. Like, <laughs> damn, yeah, oh, but you can betray it better. <laughs> you would have been believable. The albums would have sold. Griselda would have been on point. <laughs> like the whole thing would have worked. That, that's funny because Griselda is actually there's Griselda is a label. They actually got Boldy James and from Detroit, and another female rapper. I haven't looked her up yet, but Boldy James has distribution for two of their artists through Shady Records. They actually been signed to Shady. That's West Side Gun. We've talked about him before, and uh, Kanye, uh, the machine, Conway, Conway the I was machine, say Con- Conway the machine. Yeah. I remember They're listening both- to the Rio. They're, they're both like distributed. Him. They're both distributed by uh, Shady Records, and then Westside Gun and Benny the Butcher are managed by Rock Nation. So a lot of shit going on for this record label right now, man. Uh, people don't even know like Eminem fuck with them heavy. Like r- they were all three of them niggas, all three of the main niggas. It's Westside Gun, Benny the Butcher, and Conway the Machine. They were all on Royce's album, all three of them. Um, and I talked about them too. Like so, Griselda is a street label, man. But he- I'm gonna give it to you like this. Overall, this album is very street, okay? It's a good example of representing, like, authenticity in your art to the best of one's ability because without knowing any entertainer personally, we don't know how much of this shit is true. What I think we get is another solid piece of production here from Hit Boy and a great effort from Benny. The biggest issue here is that while emotionally deep, these bars are forgettable to me personally, Okay? Um, they're forgettable. And here's the thing. He's saying great lines here and there. Mm-hmm. And and throughout the whole album, he did, like like TS just said, it was easier coming from me, maybe because y'all know my voice or whatever, or maybe because I'm big on flow. So when I'm trying to rap it, I'm trying to rap it out in a way that it flows best. So he says good rhymes here and there throughout the whole album. He's not a bad, he's not a bad rapper. But it's not enough for me to call him a lyrical mastermind like the rest of the industry seems to want to. 
You know, people really look to Griselda as like the next pusher team. He's not a bad. He's not a bad writer. He's not a bad writer. But mm-hmm. as far as rapping goes, he should give it to somebody else. Damn. Okay. Like, he should be a ghost writer and then just sit for back. Rick Ross. <laughs> yeah, right. for Rick Ross or anybody. For I'm anybody. Um <laughs> nah, don't put me on that shit. <laughs> um, um I feel like you feel him more than anything, but his abilities as an MC are mid-level to me. You know what I'm saying? I feel like you I feel like I can when he raps, I can hear the pain, I can hear the shit that he went through you can hear it in his voice you can know he was locked up and all that shit he was selling coke but i don't think that that does anything for his abilities as a mc to me i i like dope punchlines i like word schemes and most importantly flow benny has a little bit of all of that but not enough of any and that's where we slip up at for me um i think this is where we slip up with most of Grizzle, for me um and this and this really harkens back to 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 a joke me and my uh, my homegirl was talking about like she said uh, I was talking about the six nine shit, right? And I said, listen, bro, if a nigga steal three million dollars from me, kidnap me, beat on me to try to steal more money and pretend it was somebody else, and all y'all fucking my my bitch, I'm telling when I get in the courtroom, I promise you right now, I'm gonna fuck about no street shit, fuck that, suck my dick, I'm telling. Yep, I did I would dig the exact same thing. And she said, that's why niggas that's not street niggas need to stay out of street niggas' business. Maybe that's what's going on here. Maybe that's what's happening with the, the, this, the, 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 the Benny the Butcher album. Maybe well, I'm, you know maybe how I'm you just guys a, said that certain NBA players shouldn't have rap albums? TS yeah. do not say any specific names, okay? Mm-hmm. He's dead. Leave him alone. <laughs> and so is that rap album. Um, but, <laughs> but, I mean, maybe he's <laughs> one of those guys. That's uh, Benny the Butcher, one of those guys that if he sold drugs like he should maybe not rap listen because you want to do something doesn't mean you should right i just feel like he 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 got it he got something benny the butcher there are tens hundreds and thousands of niggas that want to rap that are way worse than benny the butcher i'm not gonna sit up here on this podcast and call benny the butcher or anybody from gazelle gazelle the week that would not bring him back uh that would be a 50 list again (laughs) that would be a lie that would be a lie that says they're weak that they're weak, but they aren't all the way there. All in all, in rap, being authentically street gives you an automatic pass for the most part into the great rapper category. That's where we see motherfuckers like Rick Ross and G. Like, listen, bro, Rick Ross not a he not a bad MC. He just not one of my favorites. Jeezy is not a great MC at all, but we he, Jeezy gets so much credit. Mm-hmm. He gets so much credit. He's not a great MC at. He, he miss super mid, super mid at, at best. Come on, man. Let's, let's keep that shit a buck. Jeezy is super mid, but he not a bad, but because he's authentically street, because you believe where he come from, he get more uh, credit. No, you're not going to say that about Jeezy. Jeezy started off super mid. Jeezy started off super fucking mid, and he got to stay in the game because of his street cred. But over the years, Jeezy has gotten pretty damn good. I think Jeezy is a formidable MC. He has bars. I hate when he repeats the same thing twice. Like he said something profound. That shit is annoying. <laughs> but for the most part, Jeezy has Jeezy would be a complete MC. Not only does he has bars, what? but he has stage presence. 
He has stage presence. He knows how to pick his instrumentals properly. He knows how to put together an album that anybody can listen to. I'm not a street nigga in the least bit. I Me grew neither. up in the hood. I can understand the shit, but I'm not a street nigga in the least bit. But I can vibe to a Jeezy album. This Benny the Butcher thing, it's for a particular street hood-ass dude. This is not just for somebody who enjoys <laughs> music. Yeah, Benny's like, I don't want you to forget it. I'm f- where I'm from and what I do. <laughs> it's like, okay, we got it. Like a long time. Damn, ago. I've never Sorry. heard you. I mean, TS. I remember I was bumping it. I remember. Let's take this back. back take this back about 15 years. <laughs> I was bumping the fuck out of that Jeezy album, yo. This nigga TS was not fucking with that Jeezy. No, I was trying to put the Jeezy album <laughs> on in the car. That nigga was like, turn that shit off. Nigga was not fucking with that first Jeezy album, bro. That, that Thug Motivation One on One had some bangers. And TS won't fucking with it. So to, for, to hear you say that, do you say Jeezy's better than Benny? Yep. Really? Like me defending. Easily. Really? So like me defending the unsug to somebody. <laughs> wow. Okay. I, 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 all right. Hey. Every, all right. Okay. Listen. All in all, being authentically street gives you an automatic pass for the most part into the great rapper category. Um, however, this album, <laughs> this album was not enough proof for me. I'm giving this album a seven out of ten. Seven? I don't understand seven. the scale. Whoa, 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 whoa! Stop, 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 stop! Y'all gotta stop. Let's not act like this is the worst album we've ever seen. I, I, listen, the production well, on here—the probably would be the production. <laughs> the production on here was still the the sonics on here were still quality hip hop sonics. You might not uh, in liked every personally liked every hit boy beat. But it was still quality. Benny the Butcher is not the worst rapper. We're not gonna sit up here and do that. I will not allow. I gotta say that he's a he's the worst rapper ever or anything like that. But this was not a good album. You don't think Burden of Proof? Not at all. You don't not think even it... for it to be average. Wow. Hey, I think someone can be a good rapper and a good artist, but put out a shit project, and this was one of them. Damn. Yeah. To rank him is this his first seven? album? No, this is not his first album. It's not his first album. To rank him a seven is an insult to anybody else that you've ranked a seven. I, I should go back and try and figure out. I ranked. All the, I think the, else, the only other person I ranked a seven, I think, was um, was uh Savage Mode two about two three weeks ago. I ranked him a seven. It's the same. It's same level. It's same. Think about that. It's same level as Savage Mode two. MC is sub. MC is subpar. And here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. Benny is better as a better MC than Twenty One Savage. But Twenty One. But here's the thing. Twenty One Savage has a better bounce and a better flow than Benny. I'm all about fucking rhythm. I'm all about rhythm. Benny can write. He can write his ass off. But I don't like the way that the the shit comes across on the beat. That's why one of my favorite lines is that the whole shit from Times when he's like, "Come from." Come from Hyrex Hazards, you know. Pyrex glasses. Like the way that bounce come off is like, okay, Benny, if you did this the entire album, we'd be good. But I uh, we know you like that because you said it like four times, dude. Right. Um, <laughs> this album might have the Sonics, but I'm giving it the knuckles. It's terrible. <laughs> he said I'm giving it the knuckles. <laughs> All right, Russell. That's, That's clever. That's what, <laughs> that one line is better than the whole album. <laughs> Right, that little Wayne ass line. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So yeah, that's that's where we at. 
I was thinking too, like, I don't know if it's just not for me because I can't, I don't know if it's like, is it good? And I just don't like it. I, I don't care for it. It's not my interest because I don't want to hear like the, Straight oh, I'm down. dealing this or, right, exactly. I'm like, TS and Russell agree with me. Also, it's like, I don't like Gross, and that's what it reminds me of, but I'm like, I like Pusha T. I like some, like, I like other stuff. Some yeah. Movies, but... yeah, I don't, yeah, look, I'm not a, a Coke rapper fanatic. I think when you are a Coke rapper, motherfuckers, I don't know what it is about that. It's that, and Pusha, Pusha T can actually rap, but even <laughs> at times, he'll say shit. I still go like, back to Daytona. That is the best. Even at times, though, and I might get my crucified for this, but even at times, I find Pusha T to be a little <laughs> not not that he's bad. He's not bad. He's not bad. Pusha T is definitely top top tier pin, but I don't know, man. I think Coke rappers get this when you are authentically street, we automatically give you this thing where we're like, oh yeah, that nigga go. That nigga go. Niggas love saying that shit about niggas that sell Coke. I, like I get it. I don't I don't say that. Right. <laughs> the, I think the, the, the general the general rap population, the general street um, you know, niggas in urban areas and shit. We, well, if a motherfucker, can, if a motherfucker can undoubtedly prove to us that he sold cocaine, we are ready to give him top top tier rapper. And I think that's what's happening with Roselda a little bit. I, and them niggas not, they not not nice. They not their pin game is good. They just aren't the best flowers, best rappers. Like they don't make the best songs. They can write though. They can write. Anybody saying that these niggas can't write, and I've read you bars from Benny. If you say he can't write, you're well, retarded. But TS but, did say he can write. He, he can. So TS, no, TS knows. <laughs> TS knows. Um, I'm just saying that that's where I'm. I'm going with this whole. This this album is a street nigga album. It's a, it's it's definitely authentically street, and I think that most people, especially when I start posting this on Twitter and shit this week, especially the hip hop heads that follow me, they're gonna hop on my ass. But we'll the, see. But, they might be like. Yeah, you know it's really. Not. But I'm, they they're already saying it's the greatest thing that ever happened to rap, man. Oh my! They're already the the hip hop heads F love Charlie. this hip hop. Was not in the barbershops. I don't know where you going, but in the barbershop they were saying this album passed. Um, <laughs> Damn, well you been so, in the barbershop? They said that shit. Yeah. Oh There's shit! Parents, that changes everything. Wop and Jeezy, um, they're talking about who would go against Ti as far as like the verses. Um, would it be better for Luda to do it or Busta? It would have been better. Um, oh, they were talking about a lot of stuff, and Benny came up a couple times, and I was like, nah, just sit him to the side. Ooh, I like to hear that. I like to hear that barbershop talk shit. Thank you for a nigga that goes to the barbershop often. Good. Okay, I'm, hopefully there's some hope, because I thought niggas going to get in my ass by giving this a, giving this a seven. And I'm and the only really uh, I really want to give it a six. Yeah, but it should be a six or a I, lower. I wanted <laughs> to right. give it. Wait, six. I wanted to give it. I would be five. <laughs> no, wait, 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 wait. I wanted to say I feel like a six is all too high. Too. I wanted to give it a six, but but hit. Listen, Hit Boy's sampling abilities is crazy. Hit Boy's ability to make a beat. He made all the beats on this record, man. Hit Boy is really good at this shit. Hit Boy, listen. Benny, I don't have to say the whole album. It's Benny, Benny's album, listen, not Hit Boy's album. Listen, Benny as a rapper, Benny as a rapper, I'm gonna put this shit as a five five. Uh, Hit Boy as a uh, uh, as a as a as a producer on this it, album, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put this five, as a five five. It's a five five. Russell Prosecutor. I'm not good, Ronnie. Hey, wait. Before we get out of here, I want to say this, I want to say this one thing before we get out of here. Next, uh, we'll be off the fans. Just so you know. Uh, bitch ass TS moving to goddamn Houston and I'm helping him because he's my best friend. 
Um, so, help him. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, so Slim Thug, some Slim Thug's going back to H Town. I helped him the whole time. Slim Thug's going back to H Town. You know what I mean? And we gonna get we gonna get that popping. So we are gonna be off for about two weeks. But when we come back, I want all of you motherfuckers, you bum ass motherfuckers, to listen to that Ty Dollar Signs because and th- it's gonna be about two weeks off. On that third yeah. week. The third week, we listened to the featuring Ty, the, the album's called Featuring Ty Dolla Signs. Came out yesterday. I thought that was hilarious. I saw that the other day. I'm like, he, everyone says like his music is not good, but if it's featuring Ty, Ty Dolla Sign, right. then it's a good song. Right, so he like, played into so all thought, of that shit. Right, I'm like, that is clever. I like it. <laughs> good for him. <laughs> this is a long album. Y'all got three mm-hmm. weeks. If y'all want to participate, we might even do... Oh, how long? Like Chris Brown's... Double discs, like was it forty four? It's like twenty four tracks. It's like twenty four tracks. But so listen to it. Um, I'm thinking about even calling a few of you motherfuckers in in the midst and seeing we can get some of y'all live opinions on that shit. But it is what it is. But at this point, TS, what time is it? Eleven twenty one. Reciprocity. Ooh yeah, all that in one time. Benny the Butcher, five point (laughs) five. <laughs> he gonna change the rate. <laughs> okay. TS it is five point five. Nigga, straight five. Um, Solid five. Straight Solid to the middle. Five. Um, yep. awesome. Round and down. Um, so, um, like usual, the, the little shout outs and stuff like that. Um, shout out to Julius Closet by KB. Uh, you can find it on uh, Facebook, on IG, or at the website Julius Closet by KB, all one word dot com. Um, they got some great. Um, Attire there. Um, it's Did not you? just geared towards women. Um, they got like hats and, and shades and other accessories for men. So um, be sure to go check uh, them out. Um, as well as um, the restaurant Mikasa Sukasa. A great wide variety uh, of cuisine uh, cuisine items. Um, from like burgers, lasagnas. They got wraps. They got um, vegan options. They got all types of things for you uh, to satiate your palate. Sorry, uh, you know who doesn't have raps? Benny. <laughs> okay, go ahead. <laughs> no, that was good. That was good. Thank you, thank you. Y'all niggas, man. Hey. I'm companies. Stop it. So I was listening to a, a gentleman on YouTube um, talk about different traits or skill sets. Um, the skill sets uh, a man should invest in or have some uh, competency in. Um, and I like the fact that he didn't state that you should master them. Um, and I think that's important because a lot of times we, we really focus on mastery, um, but it kind of kills our desire to go beyond that or to continue learning and, and keep progressing. Continue the practice, that's all. Right, right, right. Um, so I like the you know the saying practice makes proficient, not practice makes perfect because uh, you want to keep honing and keep um, crafting and recrafting and evolving. Um, so I want to talk about those attributes um, first. Talk about physical ability. Um, now when I talk about physical ability, I mean some level of physical aptitude. So there are many situations that arise where um, we have to depend on strength that's been built up. Uh, and in many cases, especially for me, I feel like I couldn't deliver due to either being out of shape or being used to the, the previous shape I was in and not taking the necessary prep time to be at, the, at my peak performance. Um, we get called on as men, especially to do so many things 
um, strength-wise, you know, uh, opening jars is the usual cliche for our women. Um, <laughs> lifting or moving furniture, um, even more precise things and, and things that are um, supposedly passed out, such as like being able to change a tire or doing a little upkeep and fixes around the house. These things undoubtedly require some strength and some physical stamina. Um, so we should be aiming to be in some relatively good shape. Um, get your workout routine going and, and supplement it with a decent diet and enough sleep, the whole trifecta, as I usually talk about up here, so that you can replenish the, the energy loss, the muscles broken down, and you can restore yourself um, on a daily basis. Now, you don't have to be at the Rock's level of fitness or um, at Kevin Hart's level of fitness, um, but be healthy enough to be able to accomplish certain things for you and set goals that are a little outside of your comfort zone um, so that you can continue to grow. Um, as I say confidence time before, nutrition, fitness go hand in hand to boost your mental clarity as well as your physical um, um, aptitude. Um, all these facets we sometimes think are isolated, but they are really connected. Mm. Red me for filth. I feel it. Um, <laughs> all right. So the next one yeah. um, is <laughs> assertive communication. Um, being able to communicate like a man. Be able to articulate what you're thinking or feeling in a manner that gets your point across. There are usually four ways that um, we are capable of communicating. Um, and I believe we've witnessed or ex may have experienced each. So I'm going right. to run it down. <laughs> uh, well, that could be part of the first uh, first one, which is aggressive communication, where the person seems to come full force with their words or their actions, and not just in an uh, uh, unabashed or a, a confident manner, but in an almost um, threatening tone or expression um, that mm -hmm. can come off really harsh. Um, usually this person is seen as like a bully or an asshole due to his demeanor, um, and it's not the most effective way to communicate. It might be necessary in some situations, um, to kind of assert yourself, but not necessarily be aggressive in that communication. Um, on the other side of the spectrum is being passive, where a person is uh, way too timid and way too unclear in their approach. Um, they hold a lot of things back, um, basically due to either being not confident in themselves or being fearful or just not used to being able to speak up for themselves. Um, so those are the two ends of the spectrum. Um, more towards the middle is the passive-aggressive, um, being the sarcastic sort of saying things but not really saying things type of manner um, that I'm often guilty of myself, um, that you say things, but you say them in a joking manner when it's something that you really mean at times or you don't have the balls to just say it and stand on it and be firm with it. Okay, okay. True. That is, yeah. I think and then last... Oh, go ahead. Go I was going to say, I, I think that I think that um, a lot of us in this in this friend group turn to, turn turn to that to that last method a lot. It's kind of like we say something serious, but we say LOL, we did like we so be people dog, don't we be, take we be, offense to it. Right. Exactly. We be dead ass because we because here's the thing. We're we're smart. No matter how much we goof, we we, we talk shit that we goof about goof around in this group. We're all four like smart people, so mm -hmm. we see when something ain't right, and we'll say this shit on some goofy shit, but really be on some like, "Well, I wish your ass would just understand that." <laughs> I'm not, I'm not <laughs> laughing about it. So yes, I think that we have all uh, uh, that's a, that's a key point because I think we've all in this group 
done it. We, I feel like we might have even done that with each other at at, at certain points, honestly. So, mm-hmm. so yeah. And I think that also comes into kind of taking into consideration the person, other person's feelings. But sometimes that um, tough love is is more important than um, the fear of ruining the friendship. Because I believe if we're truly friends, I should be able to tell you like, look, this is this, and I'm just trying to say this in a manner because. I do care and I do love you and I want you to see better for you. Um, if we approach it in that way, I think we'll find ourselves less in the passive aggressive stage and more in this last one where we're being assertive, where there's a confidence of the same uh, level as far as the aggressive communication, uh, but without um, being overbearing or being threatening. Uh, we still maintain a bit of resilience um, as the, or uh, I should say, um, um, some filterization or some some part of holding back um, in saying some things without tact um, to have that balance of being be able to articulate what we say and mean what we say um, and not be trying to hurt someone with our words. Um, the assertive speaker is one who is, like I said, confident in what they're saying, they're firm on what they're saying, but they're also pliable to know that the person they're speaking with is a human being and not to be yelling at them like they're some type of non-entity. Right, right. Hmm. Right? So the next one is self-defense. Now, self-defense... Was <laughs> and you're you right on point with the, my first line in most of these, Cody. <laughs> 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 self-defense is not necessarily being a martial arts master or a boxing champ of being able to hold your own in an altercation. Um, I don't condone and encourage violence, but having a knowledge, and in the best case scenario, uh, somewhat the experience of protecting yourself is vital knowledge to have. For sure, Uh, for sure. Being being able to ward off attackers, to protect yourself and maybe those who are around you if need be, to prevent severe harm is a life-preserving skill to have. And it was funny, too, is like, um, I'm really not a fan of, Neither uh, Siri or I are a fan of um, Tamagotchi <laughs> playing <laughs> extremely violently and all stuff like that. We're like playing nice and stuff. Bless you. Um, I moved so far away from the mic for that. I'm no, sorry. you didn't. You're decibels, man. You're <laughs> megaphone Manny for a reason. Okay. <laughs> I feel it. No, um, but it's like I was thinking lately, like, I wonder if. Because I used to take a taekwondo as a kid. Really? Um, my sister and I did, yeah. And um, oh, no. I was like, it's been so long, though. I'm like, I wonder if I tried to, like, learn stuff and retrain and then, like, teach him and we could learn together. More so, mm-hmm. though, for the the only point I'm going to is, um, like, the dis- disciplinary part, mm-hmm. like, focus and stuff. Well, I've always, I've always been a very, very adamant, and TS knows this, I'm very adamant about my kids getting into boxing and self-defense early. I want, mm-hmm. I want my yeah. daughter. I no, I mean, and I mean this, and and even my girlfriend sometimes she'd be like, "Damn, she, can, can you do? She gotta be yes." My daughter will be able to box, and she's going into that shit early. You're gonna name her you, Benny, huh? You okay. will, you will not, you will not, you will not, you will not, you will not make my daughter a victim. She will beat the fuck out of one of you niggas. See, that's what Period. I used to be like. You know, if someone pushes you, like push them at fight ball, and now my mentality is like, dude, there's. I mean, it's good, like, if you know certain things, but hopefully you don't have to resort 
to it. Like uh, yeah, hopefully. Like 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 uh, right. Russell was just saying before, it's like you got to be a master of your words and articulate and stuff like you know. For sure, for sure, and it's and it's, and it's, and that's what uh, martial arts teaches you. If you we're training you to fight, if you need to fight. But the first rule is if you can walk away from a fight, walk away. That's exactly. what we learned in karate. I'm sure that's what you learned in taekwondo. This is about self defense, mm-hmm. not about it's going a, out to kick everybody's ass. It's the martial arts of uh, kicking. So I want. I I'm was just kidding. <laughs> I, took, I took both um, taekwondo and karate when I was younger, um, um, because taekwondo focuses on kicks and karate is more on open hand. So, yeah. Um, you know, it was just to, to have a, a balance, but it was it's it's one of the first things they teach you is that don't go seeking for trouble. Yes, right. It's a self, it's a disciplining practice. Um, The the thing about it is, it's also a great workout. So that not only are you disciplining yourself to to train your body as far as getting into shape and and physical fitness, but you're also training your mind um, to choose the road less travel. Um, A lot of martial arts, what? I was just going to say that it... um... You're taking care of your body and your mind. Mm-hmm. I got a little story though, but I, I can wait till you're done with what you're just gonna say. Oh no, it's it's a long one. So go ahead. What you, what you okay, say? so <laughs> when I was doing like my yeah, my, fuck uh, him. Be assertive, Cody. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Karate him. Yeah, don't hit well, me. No, well, the first part of that was kind of aggressive. Fuck him, really? Come on, <laughs> I can't wait. No. Um, <laughs> when I was doing like my Buddhist learnings and Taoist and stuff like that, so there's a story where. Um, I forget if it's, you might be able to help me out, if it's um, judo or mm-hmm. I forget if it's something else where it's like you use your opponent's weight against them to unbalance them. Judo to some degree, but I think it's also Aikido. Could so be, I was going to say, it's either judo or Aikido. Then. Mm-hmm. So, um, um, but there's a story where like this guy who was like learning, like, should we call it judo? We'll call it judo <laughs> for the sake of the story. Um, and he went on a train, and he saw this really drunk guy just being belligerent, um, almost trying to pick fights with people, like verbally abusing them, stuff like this, yelling. Mm-hmm. And he was watching, like, he was, you know, how should I take this guy down? Like, I'm just waiting for him to do something. And then he pushed down a pregnant lady, and so oh the drunk guy did. And then so the, I'll call him the student, the, you know, was like, took one step forward to like initiate and there was a an old man who said to the drunk guy he's like hey i noticed you've been drinking what have you been what are you drinking uh, what's your poison what, what do you like and he's like what's it to you old man and, and it's sake and he's like oh okay my wife and i love sake we actually drink it in front of uh, he said some kind of tree we have in our backyard and the drunk guy looked at him like i love those trees and then later like the drunk guy is laying down on the old man's lap, like crying and talking to him. And the student looked at it thinking to himself, that is judo. Like he used the opponent's balance, even though it wasn't physical, but it was like his emotional state to win him over. Mm-hmm. He yeah. got got. Oh, well, no. <laughs> Good job, which, is, which is funny because like, um, you know, Tai Chi is often seen as like just an uh, uh, exercise for the health and, um, you know, in movies, they portray it as pushing against the pull and pulling against the push to where there's a balance. Um, but Tai Chi is, is, you know, is is not just about the mental state. It's actually a real 
designed martial art that can be used for self-defense, but we only see the one side of it. Um, that's kind of what I'm, I'm talking about when I, when I say self-defense here, is being able to hold your own in altercation, but there's also a, a level of balance that needs to be maintained in ourselves. So um, I state for this, pick something that you would actually use and could maintain on a daily basis as necessary, if necessary. A lot of people search for martial art because it's either deadly or um, because it's, it's popular, um, but they don't really go into it with something that they can maintain for a lifetime um, because that's what you want to kind of get into. Even if you've um, adapted other styles and you've brought it into your own, it's something that you want to maintain for a, life, for a lifetime to um, stay in shape, to keep your mind sharp, because we all know that physical ability is also um, um, integral in, in, in keeping the mind sharp and getting blood to the brain and uh, improving our mental clarity, um, not just our physical ability. Right. Next one being uh, emotional resiliency. Uh, being able to be stayed, stoic, calm, tranquil is difficult. There are times where certain things generate a reaction in us from a base instinctual aggressive level that we cannot help but react to. And usually when we react in those terms, we're, um, when out of haste, we usually react wrong. Um, on the show Mad Men, uh, the main character, um, Don, is often shown to be in control of his emotions and he wields them fairly well and with purpose. One thing I'm, I admire about this character is that he allows himself to pause when something happens that affects his emotional state. Um, this allows him to think of his best course of action. Uh, it kind of allows him to slow things down, especially his reaction time, um, the things he would say out of haste, um, and to see and ponder if the action actually deserves any type of reaction from him. Um, um, can I ask a question? Isn't he also an right. alco alcoholic? I don't mean to cut you off. I just want to... Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's an alcoholic. Um, and there are times in the, in, the, uh, in the show where you can see the contrast in how he reacts so that you can see the times where he has it under control, he's um, taking time to, to uh, get to himself, um, and there are other times you see the opposite so you can see the contrast and see how, I guess, the wrong way to react and the right way to react. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that's why I like him because he's so human in the show. If that makes sense. <laughs> no, it, def it definitely does. It definitely does. Okay. Okay. So um, most times we are programmed to react quickly, or you may seem soft, weak, or fearful. Um, when it is the intelligent man's favor to be given a chance to plan instead of immediately practice. Um, I found that online. I thought it was really interesting um, that the intelligent man chooses to um, allow himself the ability to plan instead of immediately acting out. Mind you, I'm not saying that you, know, you shouldn't have emotions or allow yourself to be emotional, but being in control of your emotions will benefit you greatly in life, in love, and in business. Being stoic is not the suppression or the avoidance of emotions. It is seeking to understand them and move forward accordingly. Emotions should be used with reason and logic in your decision-making. It is not the single metric by which we should measure things, but should be included in some decisions. We good on that one? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Financial I mean, everything that you're saying 
makes sense. Right, like, exactly. Okay. When you see, uh, I think I just Russell, want to make sure everybody with agreed. Me I don't want to agreed. Like, well, here's, 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 no, here's the thing, Russell. When you're on point, we're quiet because we listening. Like when you like when you be doing your thing, and I get real quiet, it's because I'm like, damn, this nigga is reading me. He is talking this shit that I need to fix in my life. Goddamn. So. It hit me first every time. <laughs> <laughs> so no, when we get quiet, I don't think that that I don't, I never want you to take that. We're having a moment here as a as a as a podcast right now, you guys. I never want you to take us being quiet during your segment and us not and us not listening. I think for me, for me at least, I can't speak to Cody or TS, but for me at least, I'd be like taking shit in. I'm like, damn, okay. You can speak to us. All right, and you damn near you writing like mental notes about. It. I'm like, okay, okay, told so Tuesday. Next time when she say some shit, you gonna act like this, cause this is the way way to act, nigga. Like that's that's what I'm doing in my in my head. So, so I'm sorry. So why are you talking to me like this? Well, Russell said Russell had told me that your ass is emotional. Hey, so I should be more kind to you. Stoic. <laughs> 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 Throw me under the bus. I mean, it, it oh, under yeah. yourself for sure, for sure. And somebody gotta get on. It's not gonna be me. Shit. <laughs> The pie has said that, that I should treat you like shit. Look, the look at that. The pie that told me that you uh. She gonna be like, I know it was Russell. <laughs> oh God, she gonna ask you. Was like, this a Russell segment? Uh, huh? Which one? No, cause he hasn't had bad news, right? He got said, fuck them story. <laughs> no, nah, I'm gonna call Russell ass right now. Like, damn. Okay, I feel it. Here, fight for me, Russell. <laughs> right. Well, uh, no, what, what I had said was. He's horrible. Damn, like, okay, my nigga, damn. <laughs> All right. Um, so we got uh, a couple more left, and then we're good. Um, so financial acumen. Um, having a way with finances and income is a valued skill set, especially during this current time. Um, research, research, research. Um, part of that is knowing your spending habits, being able to budget, be disciplined enough to set goals for yourself as far as savings, investing, as well as spending. Um, a lot of times we think about finances and we think about only either the extreme spending or being able to save. $50 a month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, $50 goes a long way, man. <laughs> Look at that. No, it don't, TS. That's what we're trying to tell you. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> you ain't got shit. Damn. <laughs> you out the loop, no. bitch. Damn. <laughs> You're going to Houston, you better be able to spend $75 at least. Right? Oh, God. <laughs> That's a big-ass city, nigga. Dude. You better up your shit, bro. <laughs> Get it right. <laughs> That's hilarious. Thank you, Cody, for that. Houston's a big city, TS. Please increase your yearly income. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm sorry. Ignore me. Ignore me. can't. She tried to sneeze away from the microphone. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Wait. Okay. Not sorry. Russell? Yes. <laughs> Why do you have to be like laughing like a strickler? Like, okay, okay. Russell. <laughs> All normally. So start with a goal that's reachable and plan your first five steps. Um, Look to what you can do now. Don't be afraid to ask questions and to get out of your comfort zone when it comes to building wealth. Um, stocks, both common and preferred, et cetera. Um, Roth IRAs, 401ks, personal equity funds, high yield accounts. This, the information to be financially secure and literate is out there. 
sadly, many of us don't seek it out and we think working harder will solve our problems. Yes, pushing more product and putting in more time usually grants you a small increase, but learning how to make your money work for you is a far better investment. You know, um, real quick, a rapper said that, Wiz Khalifa. He was like, he said that was the exact words. He's like, make your money work for you. So when you're not doing nothing, you're still making money. Yeah. yeah. That residual income is is um, a far better investment. Yeah. Than Wiz, working a nine to five. Wiz Khalifa is like worth like 50, 60 million dollars. And he's not, none of his albums have been amazingly selling. Right. But, but he's worth like 50 or 60 million. I just let me start. Let me say this: any rapper that's worth more than twenty million dollars is good at what he does. Most rappers mm-hmm. do. Most rappers it's don't make a, it past. Yeah. Yeah, most rappers do not make it past ten million. Do not be fooled. Do not be fooled by the music videos and the cars and your jewels and shit. If a rapper's worth thirty, forty, fifty million, he's doing shit behind. Ti's worth fifty million. Fucking Wiz Khalifa's worth 50, 60 million. You know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, um, uh, uh, Kendrick is worth 75 million. Drake is worth 180 million. Uh, Lil Wayne is worth 150. Don't ask me why I know all this. The point is, <laughs> these niggas are. Do- numbers. Right, exactly. <laughs> He's been worth this much since uh, 2000, looking ass. Um, the point is, these niggas are good at doing things outside of the box. They're thinking, like what Russell is saying, constantly thinking about how your money can make money. They're not just rapping, my, my nigga. They're doing endorsements. Right. They're doing clothes deals. They're doing acting. They're doing things in the background. Whiskey for sells so much weed, it's crazy. So much weed right. is crazy. But you also have to understand that a lot of the money that they make from sales, they can't really keep. Like It has to go to two different places, and then you get taxed for it and things of that nature. Yep, yep, you, yep. Have tax, um, um, you have tax accounts where you can um, kind of get around that stuff. You have different equity accounts that you can use, different funds that you can start that actually pay you against yourself. So there, there's things that, that are out there that we don't really readily know about because they don't readily teach us, and they don't readily teach us because the um, United States is not in the, honestly, the genera- generation of wealth for the common people. Uh, it, it's to keep the rich rich, and keep the poor poor, and keep the middle class afraid of being poor. That's kind of how the system is set up. So the more you know about how to pay yourself or how to get the system to pay you um, for doing less amount of work, the more that you um, will find that you have as far as like um, recreational, and recreational income and residual income is, is really, really key. Um, yep. Don't be afraid of investing in stocks. Don't be afraid to invest in different funds to, um, to generate that kind of, uh, of income. Um, I think that's what a lot of people are afraid of, and they just put their money in banks. And yep. the banks don't pay you um, a decent interest rate, and you know you don't even know half the time what interest rates you're, you're getting through these banks. So uh, it's something to really research and really look into. Yeah, Is it for interesting? Sure, for sure. For sure. <laughs> interesting. All right. Yeah, most banks, I promise you, refinement. Even the big banks give you less than a percent of interest on your checking <laughs> accounts and things like that. In order to get anything mm-hmm. more than a percent of interest every year, you'd have to be dropping 10 to 20K into the account to start off with and then continue forward. It's, or it's like, there are actually you... some accounts out there that actually yield 4%. You just have to look for them. There are high-yield checking and savings accounts uh, out there that you have to look for. Like I said, this, 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 all this information is out there. Um, research, research, to research. where you can find these, these accounts. and learn, like, That's what I'm le- learning and looking for now. 
um, those different high yield accounts and how to get um, access to them and what do you have to do and the requirements and everything like that because they're out there. The people are using them on a regular basis and we don't have them because nobody tells us about these. We don't we don't usually find out about them unless we stumble across something or something something in a video and it's like, yo, where where where's this at? And then we do that research to find things. But you know what I'm saying? You probably y'all probably wouldn't have known about this if I didn't say anything, right? Hey, listen, hey, I'm listening to you. Right I now. This was is just doing segment. research on it this I knew. But I but I was not <laughs> though. And but, here's, here's, but listen, I was not. And so what you're saying is, you know, there's high yield accounts. You know, I'm worried on credit and other, you know, I'm doing shit that, you know, to increase my credit and things like that. But, you know, I didn't know, you know, you should be searching for high yield accounts. These are things that I think as a, as not even just as black people, I think as Americans, we aren't taught about the way our financial system functions, period. Yeah. They, listen, the smartest people in our country, they do not go to work for NASA they do not become scientists. They go to work for Wall Street. This is proven. Look it up. The, the people with the smartest grades and the people who go to school for the smartest science and math, they work for Wall Street, which lets you know that our, our financial system is something more than we're being told. It's way bigger than we even can conceptualize. So. It's also a game to some people that are in the business. Yeah. I mean, the simplest thing that I, I learned over this year is that all the things that should be buying with, with debit, you should be buying with credit. Yep. Yep. I've learned that this year. Learned that this year, too. It's crazy. And it's the same that me, as um, an almost 37 year old, that I'm learning that now. When Wait. I should have probably been knowing that 15 you're, years ago. <laughs> you're 37? In December. I thought you were 35. Okay, cool. I'm totally off. Got it. All right. I thought seventy three. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, Back in my day, we would have whooped your ass, Cody. <laughs> <laughs> um, effective networking. All right. So you can't be afraid to put yourself out there. One of my favorite interviews was with um, Patrick Bet David um, by Lewis Howell. I'll um, link his uh, his uh, channel in the group. Um, and the questions were regarding how to basically become successful and wealthy. Now, Patrick is a storyteller. He tells many stories about putting yourself out there and, and going places where wealth can be assessed and found. Um, he literally talked about going for the opportunity while presenting yourself as a sale. He talked about meeting this one gentleman and telling him he wouldn't work for him now, but in a few years he would be calling on him with a business venture that would help them both. Uh, in the meantime, he had many sit-downs with this particular gentleman, and they would eat, and they would talk, and Patrick the whole time would be taking notes and he would be dropping off random information to the man until one day the gentleman came and he was really trying to court him and he knew he was really trying to court him because he had this beautiful lady with him and he was like, yo, I ain't here on that. I have this thing that I think would work for you. And he goes on to say that um, they were introduced to uh, a gentleman together and the idea took off from there. He also says that you are one act of service, one word, one interaction, one chance encounter for meeting someone or something who will change your life and benefit your financial life for the rest of your life. You have to be willing to put yourself out there and go for it. The misconception many have about networking is that it should always be something where you are receiving or getting something out of it. And that's a leeching mindset. Connection is all about transference, the give and the take. 
notice how the give is always mentioned first. A lot of people talk about networking and that it should be an offer of service. Yo, what can I do for you? How can I help you? Because I know I am a dope individual and I surround myself with like-minded dope individuals to get things accomplished and to make us all the richer for it. It's not an inward arrogance, it's an outward confidence that we share with people because we share us with them. Hmm. That's the idea of the networking uh, scheme is true because you definitely go into the networking thing like, I'm going to come out with something great from this when really you should <laughs> just be presenting yourself and saying, I'm great, so here, you know, just in case you need me and that offers more opportunities. But I think you're right when you say you go into networking opportunities and we've all been, I think we've all been in there, you know, whether it's, you know, our jobs or, you know, me and TS for music or whatever the fuck. We, you go into that shit and you think like, I'm going to come out this bitch like on top. Instead of just <laughs> instead of just giving motherfuckers like, yo, this is who I am. This is what I do. If you need me, I'm in the cut. You feel me? And that's really a, it's yeah. a lot. It's a lot more of like you said. Like instead of being looking to come away with it from something, go in there giving of yourself. You know. So it's funny that you said you know presenting ourselves for the next one is actually physical presence. Uh, so we talk about being in the moment, being present, not suffering with the past and future, being self-aware, displaying self-control, and all of that is part of this, but there's also the part of showing up in the moment as well. So this entails how you look, how you carry yourself, of course, the grooming and etiquette of your parents, but your body language, all the things that make up who you are that is being pre uh, presented to those around you. The way in which you make eye contact so that it isn't uh, isn't a simple thing. Um, it's that you're making eye contact to uh, eye contact, excuse me, to emphasize your point or to pull people to your side. Um, one guy on this podcast um, was talking about how he owns every room that he walked into because of because of how he carries himself and the method of listening and pushing the conversation along that he likes to do. So you know he he tries to remain mysterious while allowing others to share but intently listens to them to listen, not just to respond like everyone else seems to do in their, their little circle or the little group. Um, and he immediately sets himself as different from everyone else because he can really engage with the person talking and ask real questions and not pre-planned inquiries that are usually conversation dead ends. I think it's going to be a really big skill set for anybody in this generation to hold conversation in person, Dead ass. especially Dead <laughs> especially ass. post COVID, because mm -hmm. COVID and quarantine. <laughs> yeah, it's man, we're going to be living in an interesting society. <laughs> Not that society isn't interesting already, but even more interesting. Just gets more interesting as the days go on. Who knows what's coming up next? <laughs> Twenty twenty. It's supposed to be well, clear and everything, but it, man, what a fucking year. Right. What a fucking well, year. They're, um, they're building androids, so, you know, there's that. <laughs> well, you, we're on androids. Who? Oh, no, like Android 7, 16, 17, like the, the niggas. Right, from um, Dragon Ball Z. And who's on the Android <laughs> TS? I'm on an Android. Uh, Russ is on Android. Don't say we. Don't say we. Don't say we. Because it's, it's a third thing in this moment. It's, it's plural. <laughs> me, me and Russ are on Android right now. You, nigga, are on Apple. 
You sound like Benny. <laughs> the, you, your, your writing skills sound like Benny the Butcher right now. You you fucking is, some shit up. <laughs> which is a three to five year old android, but you know they don't have. Oh, uh, here we go. You know, um, I'm really sick of this. We're not gonna talk about this in the pod, but I'm, I'm really sick of this pod being same, 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 but except Ed McCoy and shit. It's same, 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 same. Not McCoy, but same. I got it. I feel it. <laughs> Hey, in three years, McCoy is finally gonna get the uh, the three dots to pop up in Messenger to let you know that he's typing. In three years, McCoy will to pop up the message. Shut up! No, no, that's the Messenger's fault. It's not my phone's fault. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, right. Get back to your shit, Russell. Thank you. Sick <laughs> of nigga. Damn. All right. Take so a do rag off to your shit. In the conversation. <laughs> Um, leads to strong, neck, uh, strong networking skill set, which ties into a few of the other skills I mentioned previously. Um, but it should be genuine. Um, some would tell you to fake it, pretend to act like you, you know, until you make it and all this other stuff. But we already have many versions of whatever you're, you're going to suggest and only one of you. Recognize your own value, value yourself, and present that fully. Hmm, that's in. You know what? Right. Somebody told me years, years back. They told me to put a put a price on your shit. Mm-hmm. Put a price yeah. on your shit. Whatever you do, whether you're making beats, you're rapping, or whatever you're rapping verse, whatever. Everybody, put a price on your shit because if you put value on your shit, other other motherfuckers will have to value your shit. So I, this yeah. kind of fills in that same falling in that same uh, realm. Right. Not only that, don't um, allow people to devalue. Like, once you have the set of what yep. you and they go, well, yep. such and such is, well, I'm not such and such, yo. You came to me for this, and this is what I offer. Yep. Um, My verses are $100. If you get verses from another nigga for 50 you got to go to him because I'm charging 100 Right, right. And, you know, when I used to do weddings and things of that nature, um, my uh, baseline was 150 And that depends on, you know, um, what all I got to do because um, that's part of my time. Uh, especially if I have to learn songs, it's going to be extra. Uh, if it's more than one song, it's going to be extra. Uh, especially if I didn't want to do it, oh yeah, my prices went sky high because like... <laughs> 300 bitch. Because my time, is, my time is valuable. And it's like, especially if it's not something I don't want to do, I'm going to have to push myself to do it. And it's going to be worth a lot more as far as the effort and the labor. Yeah. So you're going to have to pay me for this. Um, but it, yeah, it is putting a, a, a value on yourself and what you can do and knowing what your value is. That's very important. Um, and it's very crucial in order to really present your full self to wherever you are, as far as it being a, a conversation or um, a collab- collaboration, any of those things. To be able to present yourself fully, you have to know your own value. For sure, for sure. All right, so lastly is continual education. Learning, just like life, is a process. It continues there's no stopping point as far as learning goes, although there is a stopping point for life. We do know that there is you know, going to be an end for life. But the learning process um, continues all the way through your life. Um, some would argue that it, it ends when you die, but who knows? You may li- learn something else when you, when, when you get to the other side or if there's another side or if you come back as a butterfly or whatever you believe in. Um, there is going to be some continuation and you'll probably learn something there. Um, a degree or a learned trade does not mean the end of learning. Achieving all of one's goals does not mean that there's not something that can still be taken in. Being fair-minded is critical here because it promotes growth and learning. Constantly learning, growing, expanding your knowledge, um, and evolving with the experience and wisdom attained keeps you sharp, 
And in my opinion, in my opinion, excuse me, it enriches your life. In your 401k, yeah. All right. <laughs> Even in, in, a, in a teaching position, there are moments where the very people you are instructing, instructing, excuse me, give you a life lesson that you could not have otherwise stumbled across. Open yourself to change your mind. I can tell you how many things I used to be obsessed with that I currently don't even take thought of or things that I used to search for and look for that aren't even what are important to me in the current time, um, especially with the pandemic changing a lot of how life used to be. Um, there are things that I'm finding that are more important because I'm opening myself up to them. Um, even being okay with what direction I go in, if it changes, if I don't like where I'm going and I decide to change it to go somewhere else, being open to that experience and continuing to learn and to allow myself to take in those things to help me for the future. Um, what I like, what I dislike changes as I grow and I'm coming to accept that. So don't sell yourself short. The sky is only the limit for those who don't have the desire to see space. Real shit. <laughs> you dig? See, that's what you got for us, man. Oh, shit. It's time for Fucked Up Story of the Week. So, not so fucked up, honestly. Um, This is actually compliments of Cody. Where is that <laughs> story? Hold on. Long story short, <laughs> there's... Some parents and some Swiss parents from Switzerland named their daughter after their internet provider for free Wi-Fi for 18 years. I don't know how hard it is for people to afford internet, but I did see a story about, um, and I hate that teachers do this, teachers and adults and people, period. They take pictures of kids on um, laptops outside of school buildings or inside of uh, Starbucks or something like that. They just make the kid look really, really fucking poor. And then they post it online talking about how sad it is that this kid doesn't have free Wi-Fi. The good thing that comes out of those kinds of stories is usually people will start up a GoFundMe and then that family will get thousands upon thousands of dollars in donations in order for that family to now have Wi-Fi capabilities. But this particular couple decided to name their child after their internet provider so they can get free Wi-Fi from them for uh, 18 years. The um, internet provider is Twifia or something like that? No, Twifi, sorry. T-W-I-F-I, Twifi. And the internet provider had tweeted or something like this that if anybody names their child Twifus, T-W-I-F-U-S, or Twifia, Twifia, hmm, T-W-I-F-I-A, for a girl, then uh, they would get free Wi-Fi. And this particular couple opted to name their little girl Twifia, Twifia, but they chose it as a middle name, and apparently it's still counted. So they're wow, set for at least her 18 smart. years. Helen T. Sanderbell looking ass. Nigga, that, that shit down there, I, listen. <laughs> listen, little boy or girl. You become 18 and you can change your name legally. But go ahead and give me the free Wi-Fi over the 18 year, bro. I ain't got to tell nobody on a middle name. Yeah, if um I estimate so say internet was is 60 bucks a month. Yep. After 18 years, that's almost thirteen thousand dollars. That is one student loan. 
Bow. You hear <laughs> I me? Mean? You going to college, bitch. To... Right. Well, at least for one year. Maybe. Right. Well, <laughs> it, did you go to private or go to public school? Because now we're having a real conversation right now. So. Yeah. 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 Actually, I think uh, education is free overseas. The U.S. charges for it. But overseas, even... they don't. I don't want to hear that shit right now. I really don't. Thank you, T.S. Okay, no problem. I got a story that you would want to hear, though. What is that? <laughs> this one involves pills. Whoop! You know my shit. I ain't even know what it was. It's a fantastic <laughs> story of the week. It's it not, not even be... a fucked up story. It's a fantastic it better, story. It better not be National Pill Day give back, all that shit. No. <laughs> okay, because that's the thing that they're doing. Okay, cool. Go ahead. So, interesting. That's interesting. But, no, not what I was going to say. This There was a Dutch guy who was unable to walk, talk, or eat for eight years. Eight years. Eight straight years. Big he eight. He couldn't walk, talk, or do anything four like that. Four. Four times Just two. Just 20 minutes. 20 minutes after taking an Ambien, Whoop. he was able to start moving around, talking, and he started walking. What? Now, yeah, I know. So that this is why the fa- this is the fantastic story, because this dude was... I mean, he was written off as a he vegetable. was probably going to be a uh, a vegetable or whatever. But they popped him an Ambien, and now he's good. The drug used to put people to sleep has woken his brain up. Holy fucking shit, yeah. bro. I like that type of shit. Let's go. Let's get the fuck. That, that, that made me happy as fuck. You fucking feel me? Let's there go. There you go. There you go. Yeah. And Big- he's... A- it was a supposedly incurable condition, but look at God. Look at God and Ambien. Look at how we don't know what the fuck we be talking about when we say shit is uncurable. Uh, Just diagnosing things wrong and giving people the wrong medication and uh-huh. saying, oh, well, you're fucked for life. No, you're just giving me the wrong fucking pill. All right. Nigga got nigga eight years deep. Nigga took an Ambien, got the fuck up. That ain't even no strong ass pill. Nigga took an Ambien, got up on niggas. Can you imagine if they gave him half a Zan? Bro. <laughs> this nigga would be literally flying. Superman ass nigga. Fuck right. <laughs> Shit. Nigga be gone. <laughs> shit. Literally gone in space. Literally in space on niggas. Like, no ship on your right. ass. Mass effect ass nigga. Anywho. <laughs> thank you, TS, for this. This is a great story. This is a great, <laughs> great, great story. We yeah. like those types and of stories. And I guess, fun fact, I, I didn't look up a fun fact for this week. So we'll take McCoy's fun fact of there's National Pill Give Back Day or something. Yeah, there's so, a National Pill Give Back Day going on for you motherfuckers because you motherfuckers can't handle your pills. And so niggas be overdosing. You whoop do all the little goofy ass shit. Listen, I guess um over eighty percent of people that, that that do prescription drugs get them from a medicine cabinet of their grandmother or their aunt or their mom or some shit. And so there's a national pill give back day with the DEA is setting up where those people can give their pills back. I say you motherfuckers, fuck you. Let me still keep getting pills out of my grandma's fucking medicine cabinet, you fucking fags. <laughs> but that's what I say. Who am I? I'm just I'm just McCoy. I mean I mean nothing to the world. So there's Hey that. McCoy, what's the name of that um what's the name of that uh drug or whatever that they give people that overdose? Narcan. Narcan. Narcan? Yes, that is Narcan. Okay. Would you say that it would be a fair thing to say if you have had Narcan more than once or at all that you should probably reconsider your drug habits? Nope. 
Anywho, this is episode 83 <laughs> of <laughs> Not Politically Correct, T.S., <laughs> best friend. Um, <laughs> you want to go ahead and tell them where you, they can find you, bitch? <laughs> Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Cnova KPC. And he might be on Grinder, fucking ass nigga. Damn. <laughs> oh boy. It's All right. Your, <laughs> it's your motherfucking boy, Rim McCoy, aka Miss What to Do, aka Gun Splash Guard. You can find me on Twitter at Rim McCoy KPC. You can find me on Snapchat at Rim McCoy Rebel. Cody, CD Record on everything. Russ. <laughs> Russ the barman, aka Teddy Russ, aka yes. What am I? Smooth fingers. Uh, <laughs> Who am I? So the progenitor. Who am I? The gumption to go. Hey, Russ the bus. PD pop, motherfucker. I'm gonna put the one out. I'm gonna get on. Been worth looking at. Nigga, that. Got me a big old car. Big man, thank you. Oh man, rest of us, yeah. Um, you can find me on the Chatties of Snap as Chatties of Snap Chatties and on IG at Candy Cupidity, C A N D I D underscore C P I D I T Y. I D I T. Oh, we did, sorry. Anywho, you know what the fuck going on. And on that note, gang.